are you? What's your name? Something happened to me, and I need to know what it was. Oh, I'll never be free of this. You really don't remember anything? No. I'll be whoever you need me to be, sir. Will you commit to this program? Yes, sir. You volunteer to become Jason Bourne. September 29. I volunteered because of a lie. Foxtel Movies presents. Warren knows everything. I hear you're still looking for me. The whole story from the beginning. Jason Bourne is armed and extremely dangerous. You're never gonna find any peace. Not until you admit to yourself who you really are. I remember everything. A special pop-up event. I swear to God, there is no measure to how fast and how hard I will bring this fight to your doorstep. Four days of non-stop action. Why me? Why did you pick me? The complete Bourne collection. Find Jason Bourne. On a dedicated pop-up movie channel. This is Jason Bourne. I need to talk. Making his first mistake. They don't make mistakes. That's him. Hold on! You think that Jason Bourne was the whole story? Sorry, there's a lot more going on here. What are you gonna do? I'll end it. Experience the Born Collection. Starts September 29 on Channel 400. Included as part of the movies pack. Tell me about Treadstone. Treadstone? What is that? The ultimate weapon. They don't even know they've got these skills. They have a cadre of sleeper agents deployed under normal cover lives with no memory of their training. These people are still out there, asleep. And someone's waking them up. Please don't make me do this. They walk you. I was confused at first, and I finally know who I am. again ladies and gents we're going into another chaotic yet very addicting spy movie franchise and kind of a partial tv franchise as well and there's robert ludlum's jason bourne experiment and welcoming to the show is guest corby stevens welcome sir thank you very much glad to be here anytime so uh let's let's back it up a bit um so what was your introduction to just espionage and just action adventure movies? Oh gosh. Um, specifically action adventure movies would probably be um, the Indiana Jones franchise. Uh, I'm, I'm just old enough to remember seeing the original star Wars um, as my first actual movie experience, but um, specifically action adventure stuff would be probably indie. That's wild that you mentioned that, because, yeah, there is a connection here. Um, I do recall in a recent interview, uh, George Lucas and Spielberg, when they were asked about just what movies that they were just blown away by that just had great character development and excellent stunts, they they both mentioned the Die Hard movies in Jason Bourne franchise. <laughs> and to make an even bigger connection, uh, Frank Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy, you know, Spielberg's yeah. right hands, were producers on this for Universal. So yeah, for sure. The quality stuff. I, I, I think after that would be, I, I saw way too many movies as a, a child that no child should probably have ever seen, but it was the eighties and it was a different time. Uh, but uh, uh, the uh, uh, Ed Bond fans will be disappointed, but my first exposure was the Roger Moore Bond movies. Um, and that, that was that the spy stuff specifically, that's what I, that was my first uh, time for that and found that to be very fun. I, I can understand. I mean, those definitely played on TV more often than not for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. 
cable uh, airing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I think the spy who loved me was and Dr. No were the first ones I saw all the way through, but yeah, it, but like, like you say, I mean, more or less it, it seemed like, um, uh, just, I think everyone just kind of had a fantasy. It was like, it's fun to be a spy or an assassin. Yeah. <laughs> yep. International yep, to be, yep. Well, you know, you've got the hit song, um, Secret Agent Man, which is still a great Secret song, I think. Agent yeah. <laughs> great, great, see great lyrics, great but, tells the story and great music. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's Tom everywhere. Tom Jones, right? Or, uh, uh, I don't think it's Tom Jones, it's but someone, it's very oh, Tom Jones esque. Cause yeah, someone else I think covered it for like, Austin Powers, I think. Yeah, Tom Jones did a Thunderball for the Bond oh, series. Oh, yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> Close enough. Oh, man. <laughs> so what is it about spies that appeal to people? Because, like, I've talked with other pals the other day about spooks and Tom Clancy. Is it just the secretness of it or the fact that it could exist, but we don't really know the full side of it? What What is it? Man, it? you know, that is a, that's a great question. I I think... But as a as a person watching them, I I like to you know I like most people probably assume the role of the character and and uh, like what would it be like to uh, to have this to be unknown completely you know like to not be known by anybody and to have all these uh, either weapons or skills or you know and wanting to give all for you know king and country so to speak. Um, but just the, and then the idea, yeah, is this, is this, is this real? Like, are these, are these stories based on, you know, MI6 and uh, the CIA and, and these clandestine organizations? Is our government really doing this stuff? And of course, someone hearing me is probably going, duh, of course they are. Uh, right. But it, at the time, <laughs> yeah, it was like, we didn't, the internet wasn't, was it what it was today? No, nope often stories would just disappear anonymously. So it's just like, you would just have yeah. to say, okay, uh, was it someone, you know, kind of like, we kind of had culture wars kind of like that with even the Corona outbreak. You know, we had scientists yeah. who had their own side of the story and they were either being censored or they were incorrect, but they wanted to preach their nonsense. So it was just like, yeah. same kind of deal here where it's just like, okay, is someone leaking something as a national security, you know, power play or is it... <laughs> Right. Yeah. Is this is the is the denied truth the thing that's right in front of us the whole time? And I mean, it seemed like the most we farthest we ever got was just why are we going to war and how there were always like five different stories. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Who's uh whose agenda are you gonna follow? Right. <laughs> do you want to keep your job or do you want right. to just <laughs> right. go to somewhere yeah. else? That's pretty much yeah. How how uh, much do you really care like a secret agent? uh it's it's chaotic and basically they're always kind of our war movies even if they're only like in say a foreign country fighting a giant militia for like 20 minutes but it's... oh yeah yeah there's there's always wars yeah i think you can probably go back to uh, just any area uh, any era of history and there will be stories of soldiers and knights and warriors and it's just a it's a I don't know. It's a, they were the original heroes. So totally. now we have now we have you know people who have lip injections are our heroes, or or, or <laughs> right. the most talented person is the hero. It's like, well, what do they do? Like, okay, yeah, they can sing, super, but but like, what do you do to the betterment of man? Anyway, I'll, that's my own hobby horse. I'll stay off of. Uh, I, I've noticed that too. It seems like Time Magazine. I'm like, I don't even trust it anymore since it's now working for the Koch brothers, a totally no. different kind of industry. But nope. it's it is kind of wild though how now you see even more often than not where you know what par parental company has owned whatever company, and now mm -hmm. their total brand has changed up. And uh, examining Treadstone, this you know, they're basically. Yep. So would you say they're more NSA, National Security Agency, or CIA? Because it's like they take CIA recruits, but then they kind of do their own thing, but they're not working for NSA. Yeah, it, it seems like in the movie, they tend to be under the CIA is at least um, over them and uh, running the program. But, you know, it's, it's, it's like an onion. There's layers there. So who really knows? <laughs> nice contrast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the CIA, but it's within the CIA, and it's within that, and, and who knows? And it's all totally. you know, black book financials, and yeah. Well, and so 
it wasn't known until many years later, especially listening to the commentary track, but when this first 2002 movie, you know, came out, you know, it was technically a second adaptation. There had been a two-part Richard Chamberlain movie in the 80s that was decent, but yeah, this was definitely the second, maybe the third, no, definitely the second movie I ever saw Matt Damon in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was already familiar with uh, Goodwill Hunting and any of his other works, but I hadn't necessarily seen him yet, or he was in a bit part, but, or a voiceover. Sure. And, you know, this was, this was a surprise hit, you know, it just, they had fired the director, Doug Lehman, because he was behind schedule and were do, shooting reshoots. Uh, Damon was working extra hard to learn a bunch of different languages for the movie. To some extent, mm-hmm. you had Franca Potente, you know, who had been from Run Lola Run, you know, making her big, you know, international splash here. And to add to that, I mean, you know, it's coming out in April, you know, which is typically, you know, <laughs> Sure. Movies they don't have any faith in. They just drop them and make their money back on home video. But it it made its money back. It just and it says a lot because you look at the trailer and you're like, ooh, that looks almost as junky as some of the other loud MTV edited, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, trailer editing is it's, its own world. And I just always heard of it. My uncle had seen it eons ago, and my father and I just saw him on cable and we dug it and we definitely saw Ultimatum in the theater. <laughs> that was yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might have seen Identity the first time, maybe on a plane. Like, uh, yeah, it was kind of word of mouth. It just, yeah, it made enough money to for them to make and decent reviews for them to keep making them. But at the time, <laughs> it was just a manually just con- finding out about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It didn't and, help that there were so many other similar movies out that same year. You know, <laughs> spy movies, Minority Report, other fugitive on the run kind of movies. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it, it, it was funny. I was just, as you mentioned, that I was trying to think of other movies at the time that pop out, and I've seen Minority Report and, and some of the others, but I this is the one that I can remember for whatever reason. <laughs> I mean, the rest are kind of very dark and grim, and this yeah. has enough grim but still fun escape, escapism. Yeah, they are, and and the the fact that it's a it's a it's a it's not just sequel to me. It's not sequel for the sequel's sake. It's this story actually continues. Uh, in an intriguing way, not just a, hey, let's make more money way. Oh, a thousand percent. And these definitely worked more for me because like, very, you know, at that time, you know, martial arts were becoming a thing. And while I Mm -hmm. could enjoy movies like, say, Equilibrium, uh, these worked more for me in kind of like the Blade and Matrix movies where basically, okay, we got martial arts. So the ones who came to it for just that will be entertained enough. But the ones who do want a pretty cool, complex story beneath it, you know, strap in, you know, fasten your seatbelts to roller coaster. And uh, I was already a yeah. fan of Tony Gilroy. He had done so many mo- more movies than I realized he had done, like Devil's Advocate and this Special Forces movie with Russell Crowe called Proof of Life. And and so, yeah, much like the other Men on a Mission movies and mm-hmm. even the Rambos and Diehards, I was like, okay, they'll see, this is pretty cool in that again anyone can be an action star now but sure at least they went the extra mile i believe in what their persona that they're displaying on screen i everything is uh able to make me suspend belief and the soundtrack is good and without being as intrusive as other ones where you're just like okay yeah (laughs) yeah for sure yeah the the martial arts stuff was was interesting in contrast to those other movies because it it seems like the other movies it was it was uh, in the other movies the martial arts were a feature they were very you know the matrix would be one of the more obvious examples but the the fighting was very flashy very big you know very um sort of hong kong era martial arts for the sake of fighting. And when I watch Bourne and I see him fight, obviously it's impressive, but it's it's not over the top. It's like, I really believe somebody would fight like that. That looks realistic to me, not uh, choreographed and, and flashy. Oh, totally. They use like a mixture of Krav Maga. And I think even in Mission Impossible Free and Batman Begins, they, they said they used one method that Bourne used in one of his sequels, which was the Kinsey fighting method, which is a mixture of street combat. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like that move Tom Cruise even does in part three, uh, where, you know, he 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 
has his elbows, you know, to the side of his head and he just whack, whack. Oh, yeah, just, yeah. And yep. And then you mix in another just fist punch and knee to the groin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's it seems like it's this is life or death fighting. This is not showing off fighting. Oh, totally. And I I see a lot of people kind of deny this, but I've seen various PR releases where you know taken you know for Liam Neeson was inspired mm-hmm. by this and the producers were, were cited as saying they for the James Bond franchise with Daniel Craig saying this is where they wanted to go with it because it was the yeah. thing at the time but what do you think uh many nowadays will complain about how quickly edited the camera work in these movies are and then no one really complains about those other ones uh, do you think it's just everyone's is getting too old or <laughs> uh yeah it's it's probably it's certainly demographics i mean i i imagine somebody who would be the age of my uncle for example or uncles who were um uh sean connery era bond people like that fighting was very slow very you know lots of space not much fighting at all really it was yeah (laughs) it was just a few chops and kicks and a punch (laughs) um and then you know you found today it's 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 so rapid fire that it's it can be overwhelming um uh, and, and maybe born's old enough now it's 20 years old where it's uh okay it's it's been a generation what are what are movies today look like in comparison speed wise and, and the same kind of fighting and is it's it confusing. Uh, is my old man hat on yeah because i mean i see similar methods used on even tv shows like we talked about mi5 which other people know as spooks mm-hmm. and 24 and it's like uh, the, for whatever reason, I've never seen anyone really complain about the editing there, but no, he's become a punching bag, and yet everyone who's either a Bourne or a Commando fan seems to dig other franchises nowadays, like The Equalizer and John Wick. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I was going to bring up Wick. It, that, that also seems uh, I, I I haven't noticed anyone complain about that, but I don't see too much of a. Difference. You never know about the internet, you know. It, it seems like no. it goes in waves. Yeah. Like people are now doing it with cartoon movies we're like oh i love shrek I'm like you didn't love it at the time okay right yeah we will we will all find something to complain about <laughs> and and i'm i much prefer let's uh, what did i enjoy because it's it was i was even i was watching um just even today to kind of get my brain back in the space uh ultimatum at least the first 20 30 minutes of it and it was i could sit here and watch the all of these today if i if i didn't have to work <laughs> no, I, mean, no. I, just, I just got sucked right back in like this is just good movie watching uh, a thousand percent um and uh jeff amada took over for the fight choreography in parts two and three and he was known for doing the fights in movies such as uh fight club and mm. i'm trying to remember what other key movie he did that was a big thing but this is where I first heard of him and is like, man, this dude's been in the industry forever. And it, I've seen even Dan Bradley is a big second unit director and stunt coordinator from these and his career took off. He's done other movies like mm-hmm. the Bond movies and Expendables. Yeah. And uh, he was always quoted as I've been pretty much playing God here. I have an actor. <laughs> I have all these cameras in his car and I'm able to get in a, elicit an emotional and physical response from the audience it's yeah dynamite but uh, yeah it's i can see where they the the logic what to it was it's just the whole just hey just really just give give them a bang for their buck (laughs) yeah yeah and uh he certainly did okay yeah it doesn't seem gratuitous no it it just it just it, it fits it's part of the storytelling and it doesn't bother me whatsoever totally not Okay, so Jeff Lamott, he also did the fights in The Book of Eli, uh, Iron Man 2, and Hannah. So <laughs> hmm. a bunch of other like or hated blockbusters. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like compared to most of these other movies, I don't get driven up the wall. Like where I'm like, what is no. it trying to say? Or it's too 
complex for its own good where you lost me. What, what was going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that's definitely a, a taste in movie. Um, you know, movies with lots of flashbacks are, can be confusing for some. I, I usually enjoy them. Um, you brought up the Treadstone TV series and I, it, it made it one season. And when it was on, I made it halfway through because for what, I, don't know, I, I don't know if I was just tired at the time, but it was, it was too much even for my brain. I mean, there was just a lot of flashbacks and forwards and who's this age and when. And It, it, it didn't um, work doing it once a week. They should have done a two episodes at a time kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I, I think I might finish it just for the sake of finishing it. But uh, at yeah. the time I was like, I, I love Bourne and I love the world, but I'm lost or tired. It, <laughs> yeah. They, they had the leads. <laughs> yeah. The lead star from war horse and I, I totally didn't recognize him but they had all these other mm -hmm. talented actors they even had michelle forbes from homicide and star trek yeah one advisor guy and michael gaston who's this bald guy who mm -hmm. just about everyone has seen play a government guy who may or may not be on the same page and right yeah i i cheated yeah, I, you were... I waited four weeks and then started binging it and okay was hooked and that's the way that i do it with most shows because i just know there's going to be a hook in but yeah. I also know there's going to be other bullshit. And like I say, it just don't make time for it if your calendar is packed. Right. Yeah. And if you're just mentally, physically drained, it's, it, it, it can be a lot to, uh, yeah, great. I mean, I loved the actors. I loved, it was a well done show. I just, I just didn't have it in me at the time. So I will give it a round two. Uh, and like legacy, it acknowledged the whole universe without yeah. needing to put in stock footage. Cause like I had seen other shows that, I mean, I even mentioned minority report. There was a really bad show based on yeah. the movie and I, <laughs> I wanted to get in that. and I remember that. <laughs> and midway through, I think I gave it like two more episodes and mm -hmm. each time I could barely make it through an episode. It was just bland. And I'm like, I, I, is this CSI? Is this right. the cards? What, what is it? I, it's just too much and it's yeah. not doing well actually in that case it wasn't doing enough to stand out despite a cast and decent visuals yeah, there, there were a lot of reboots happening like there was a night rider reboot that nbc tried to do and it, oh, it was just like not okay let's let's just stop of course there were a lot of writer strikes happening too so it's a lot of turmoil in the entertainment industry it came really way too quickly there too because like it seemed like yeah, just entertainment was just changing every single year to where it was hard to catch up with any of it. And yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see more of this generation chime in on older material because yeah. they're looking at it now and it's like, again, you know, it, you either had cable or you were still setting the, the <laughs> tape right. to record until at least 04, 05. And then, you know, yeah. And now records are back, but everyone still seems to not realize, you know, you either yeah. want, it's just a preference. And I think the industry has slowly learned, you got to just give people options and make a little money off everything instead of trying to put them into, yeah. them into one corner. <laughs> yeah. There's no, that, that's that era ended with, I think railroads and automobiles. You can't just put it all in one basket. That's yeah. got to diversify. <laughs> yeah. And there's some people who don't want to do either. <laughs> no. <Nope>. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and they will go the way of like the jc penny like if <laughs> right totally, totally off topic but if like steers and pennies and those stores had done what amazon did if they just put put their their paper catalogs in a digital form they would be thriving today but nope that's a good didn't happen. that really is a good contrast because like this movie franchise was coming out when there was like all like maybe five different kinds of franchises and it survived yeah. pretty well because like 2002 that was a big year for movies and mm -hmm. it just kept going big it, even yeah. every year unaffected always a loyal audience and like you say yeah at jc pennies that's definitely the way to go if you don't want to do target <laughs> or walmart or mm -hmm. <laughs> yep for sure yeah I, these uh the the whole just the series the um when I figured out when I was watching the third one for the first time, the the supremacy, and I figured out that they it was kind of like actually movie two point five when they overlapped with the timeline of the second movie. I was like, that was really cool. That was yeah. an interesting storytelling tool. And it does things that even now it seems like you can only get away with in a spy movie franchise. I've seen some yeah. superhero movies do, but those are always nerd backlash. And right. it seems like spy movies. That's like the only one that. I think you can get away with where it's like 
hey, the heroine has just been murdered. Now mm-hmm. the main character is going to go batshit and, mm-hmm. you know, in an organized way, mind you, yeah. and avenger and find out the truth. And I think this is it. I was seeing so many other kind of spy movies here and there. Uh, I mean, there was even Syriana and well, yeah. was, uh, a kingdom was another one that kind of implemented a lot of that saying, I saw Peter Berg pretty much based his career on similar born identity kind of filming. It's like, yeah, use steady cams with camcorders and, profile a bunch of fbi guys going on a, yeah. a minute on a mission but and then let the actors kind of throw in some ad-libs to personify them and you got yeah. yourself a crowd <laughs> i i think when um like if you take a genre like spy movies which is what we're talking about and you know everybody tries to make their own version of a spy movie but when you when you take that nugget and you put a twist on it i think that's when you get something like the born identity because it's, it's a spy movie but you throw in amnesia and you have a whole new thing to explore or um and you buy into it versus you, there were yeah. so many others that were like nikita knockoffs mm-hmm. and you're just like oh good lord yeah <laughs> how does this amnesia I think taking was the same thing like you know he's got the certain set of skills but the twist is somebody kidnaps his kid that's that was a new and unique twist on the <laughs> yeah. idea and another again isn't it funny that was a, again another surprise i saw that on yeah. the internet a year before it came out in the states, mm-hmm. and my grandmother wanted to see it. She's like, "I love Liam Neeson, Schindler's List." You know, I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, <laughs> not, not, not that. that kind of movie." But okay, <laughs> <laughs> she loved it. But I'm just saying, yeah. it was interesting how, yeah, yeah this is like, this, and he again, Neeson thought that movie just wasn't going to be spectacular. It was no different than any Harrison Ford or Jodie Foster movie, but somehow it was different enough. And it was yeah. a mega hit, and he he's at the fifth stage of his career, and that's what he's been doing the last two decades. But it's yeah, this is interesting how it too kind of has kind of the grit of kind of seventies kind of movies, and mm-hmm. it has something for everyone. So if it, even someone who wants something harder, kind of like a I don't know something junky like a Steven Seagal movie or a violent mm-hmm. Charles Bronson movie, there's a little something here for you. <laughs> yeah, yep, it, it definitely does. Um, I, the, I, I liked all five movies. I liked the Jeremy Renner movie a lot on its own. It was just a nice Why little. Why do you think? I mean, they gave it so much warning in the poster and the trailers. It's like uh, the system's been shut down. They even had the other supporting cast coming back. And mm-hmm. it seemed like it caught on after the fact, but I, I caught it on DVD. I bought it when it first arrived in my, I sat down. My father saw I was watching it. He sat down with me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's no way I'm not watching this. <laughs> it <just laughs> has a way of drawing you in because it's a thinking man kind of movie. And it is. I'm, yeah, it's a, it's like how are they going to tie it in to the to the rest of the world? And, and another shot at playing the Aaron Cross character, Mister Renner. Because I think so. There's a yeah, recurring he's... joke in fandoms on how he's part of Mission Impossible and the Avengers, and they don't really use him. He doesn't do anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mission Impossible, Avengers, Born. He's he's in a lot of places, and uh, <laughs> I I think he's underutilized. Um, totally. Uh, yeah, I could I could see more of that for sure. And kind of like Matt Damon, he is. What was he doing before this? He was doing a lot of tactical Western and war type movies, mm-hmm. and it seems like I don't know. It's like the right people get it, but it's not embraced by as many people, and. Uh, uh, you know, Matt Damon, come on. He was Private Ryan, where you hate him, right. he's a coward, and then you see him avenging himself, trying mm-hmm. to uh, be a trooper and lead his platoon. And in between the Bournes, he did a cool movie with that same crew called Green Zone. And mm-hmm. again, I took relatives to see it, and they dug it, because it was a thinking man's movie. And they're like, hey, you know, even if someone didn't see Saddam, is like, and other people yeah. fleeing the country, well, you know, it still has some interesting parallels. And I, it just came out at a bad time where everyone was getting tired of war movies because we were still, you know, mm. at war in the Middle East. And uh, Renner's kind of yeah, the same guy. Break. Uh, he came out with Wind River. He came out with, you know, 28 Weeks Later and all these other movies where he's often a very invaluable sniper or cowboy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, when I saw him in this movie, I was like, you know, I, I will totally pay to see him do another kind of spy movie or cameo as Aaron Cross again. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's I, all all 
respect to him, he's a great actor, but he's almost a character actor. Not quite. I wouldn't pigeonhole him like that, but he's he's very I, I close. I know what you mean, it, but that's just it. Like those are my favorite kind, where it's like regardless yeah. of whether they can carry a movie, they they're just in the acting zone. They're yeah. not here to bullshit around and joke about who slept with who or who has a great tra- better trailer. Is like <laughs> yeah, yep. And he's funny. I just think he's when he wants to be funny, he's really funny. He does get like he's, maybe one or two dry moments in here especially when he's yeah. in the cabin with the other operative who's basically yeah. he thinks he's here as a spotter but he suspects him and we the audience get the feeling it's like he's clearly here to cap him in the head when this mission is done yeah yeah wasn't that oscar <laughs> isaac wasn't that the spotter i think that's what it was, oh it was. My God, that was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> small world man yeah oh another small world connection uh i was in um in, in number in supremacy it was the guy who played zemo from the adventure movies was the brother of the of of a born's dead girl my sister was going back through all of his movies and was very blown away by that and i i'm backtracking on that a bit are so, uh totally uh in legacy there's a lot of supporting texts uh cory stall of all people who was later on a bunch of other bigger movies and shows mm-hmm. yeah uh, Donna Murphy is this other supporting actress who's been in a bunch of material. I definitely recognize her from one of the Star Trek movies. Um, but yeah, on Supremacy, yeah, Brule is like a key contact, and Carl Urban is the main assassin there. And that's right, Carl. That was a big right. year for him. He had just. I was like, that's Boromir. What's he doing? Oh no! Oh, totally he, threw me. Oh, uh, actually, I think it's it's the Omer. Close. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm no, sorry. No, oh good. Just on me. Similar actor, but no, it's all yep. good. But yeah. Yeah, I know. That's right. It was Aylmer. interesting because yeah, you've been in Lord of the Rings, you've been in all these other bit part movies, and then uh-huh. you do this Chronicles of Riddick, and then <laughs> you do Doom of all movies, and then the Star yep. Trek is like everyone wants to put Carl Urban in their movie. <laughs> He's a great chameleon. Great chameleon. Um, um and he has a few. He kind of injects a bit of humor in that assassin role where he's like. To him, oh yeah, yeah. This is as simple as killing flies. He loves it. He kind of gets off on it without, and yeah, on emotive kind of way. But he still kind of smirks. It's weird, but it's mm-hmm. very well done. Yeah, there's a yeah, it's different. There's a little snark to it. Um, <laughs> like like here we go again. All right, yep. let's fight. Oh, another witness got away, and I, I love how the cat and mouse in these with the all the assassins is very well done. Um, mm-hmm. This was ultimatum was my introduction to martial artist Joey Ansa, who's gone on to bigger productions, also doing a lot of fighting choreography. And he's the one who gets, you know, by the lip in the iconic yeah. fight scene in the apartment. And uh, Edgar Ramirez is the other assassin who's tracking him at the airport. And he, another one just plays Carlos yeah. the Tackle and all these other international figures can do all kinds of actions. He's another chameleon. And I think that's just what they were going. They're going for all of these just international actors as opposed to whoever's in new york or la at the time i was already kind of a fan of some of the other supporting actors like joe and allen chris cooper and julia styles was like yeah Yeah. this made me now it it, that was like the second stage of their career and that just gave it the extra geekdom factor for me yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i something you said made me think about this the uh with the storytelling these it's not like in bond where where Bond is fighting, there's almost a sense of of uh, revenge and anger, and and you can see it in his face and the way he fights. Whereas in, in these movies, like when Carl Urban's fighting or any of the bad guys, and Bourne, like they go, it's emotionless. It's like I, this is what I do. This is what has to happen. I'm not even going to think about it. And you know, it's it's done. There's no, there's no like, haha, I've killed you, and, and a thousand percent remorse. Oh. Like in. Like in the in supremacy when the when they order like you know the assassin to go to the train station and, and shoot two people, it's like he's just sitting in his flat and he gets a text and oh okay, I'm gonna grab my bag and go kill two people. No big deal. Oh yeah, that and it was just and that's, so it's just throughout. It's it was that a great same... transition of and this was probably the first movie I saw Clive Owen in. Oh yeah the assassin at the barn and it was just so funny yeah, too. Yeah. same kind of thing he gets that text <laughs> he's yeah 
uh, I, I've seen the Rift Tracks version of the first movie, and they do a funny line saying, eh, "Stop pestering me, kid! Gotta, gotta go get killed." <laughs> yeah, and when when Bourne goes and you know kills him, and he picks him up, and he's like, "Do you get the headaches?" It's like there's just this, you know, this is here we are. There's no. He's interesting because uh, it's, it's it's very it's deep, but it's also on the surface. I, I I don't have a word for it. It's very atmospheric, yes, and he has a great line where he's like why do I feel so cold? Right. <laughs> and he, right. He's just a professor at the daytime and that's his actual code name. And at night he does contract killings to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's in class and he gets a text. Okay. Read chapter seven. I have to step out for a minute. And that's some grim stuff, but they do a good job with just subtext in the dialogue just because Tony Gilroy did so many rewrites and then pretty much made the franchise his own after movie one. I, I love yeah. it. He, 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 and, uh, Born and his girlfriend are both at that, just hiding out at that one farm. And then mm-hmm. I, I just love it. The couple's like, "Ooh, the dog's not coming in." Yeah, right. like, yeah. Where's where's the dog? <laughs> Connect the normal? dots, guy. Yeah, you know what's going on here. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, any possible alerting, uh, you know, has been compromised. And I just, mm-hmm. who would have guessed it? He, he just he just gets all tactical, and he's like, "Okay, you guys stay in yeah. here." I'll just switches right modes. Right back. Uh, you got a shotgun? Perfect. I'm going to aim it at the nearest you know, <laughs> yeah. container yep. that I can set off and cause an explosion as a distraction. And I will, while he's distracted yeah. by that explosion, I'll sneak into the forest and beat him up. <laughs> yeah. And it, you, I, like I think I said at the top, I, I really do wonder, can, can you program a human to be that way? To be like, you know, like, well, when they, when he sits down with his girlfriend at the, uh, diner and he's like you know i know that that the closest exit is here and the car is this many steps away and i can run from here to there in so many seconds it's just all this processing oh yeah in a person's mind like is that can you really program a person to do that and to be like that that's that would be crazy somehow i mean they did similar movies like this as well like the the hunted Benicio del toro but yeah they they they, it's like they basically they they do a good job of reminding the audience is like he's able to kind of somehow get everyone to quiet down and like he just goes up to him is like somehow he gains their trust yeah he's just the only one not panicking and so it's like he's a magnet everybody yeah yeah and that and that's that emotionless just like i'm in program mode you know just working and <laughs> he just knows he knows just what's good up staging of it all because well, yeah. for what well, you know and if you don't have that then it just would have been still it just would have been a little too junky yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure and yeah and what what is it about um action these spy heroes and the and the initials j and b <laughs> jason Bourne. yeah james bond jonas blaine on the unit and yeah jack, jack bauer, bauer. <laughs> i just I, it's you know it's not new but it's just it's funny to me like okay yeah <laughs> i think john wick breaks the mold maybe i'm not sure nah, there you go I'm, <laughs> unless it's jbw i don't know <laughs> his middle name yeah bolshevik or something jackass bastard <laughs> that's what i want a spy to be named is like what's your name jackass bastard <laughs> and fat bastard's cousin JB, get it uh. <laughs> but it is well yeah and i mean the writers knew what they were doing <laughs> yeah yeah and yep it's interesting so it's like he was like a more recently kind of served like post gulf war for this version which i mean you had to do otherwise yeah you know in the books he's kind of more of a vietnam seal sure and but the seal thing really did come into play because then you can buy it even more how you know like the terminator he can be just without food for 48 hours you know Mm -hmm. and just always watches six and I mean, you buy it for when he crashes into the water. He can hold his breath, but his girlfriend can't. And that's right. why he's so pained because he's like, I had every chance in the world and she didn't have a single chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and you find out more in each movie about his background, which is, which is, I think the point of the movies is to, is to learn about Bourne. And in the, the last one, you find out about his dad and, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, there's a lot to, to still dig into there. Uh, a thousand percent. You think it was just David Webb and, uh it's like that's just even a segment of that and uh how you have to program yourself to be so emotionless what was your first kill it was just another soldier just like himself just bound up and you know 
Yeah, uh, she, she, showing those flashbacks is like, kill this guy. And it's like, I, I can't, I don't want to. There's like, <laughs> that's the emotion is still there. The human decency is still there. It gets programmed out of them. Uh, totally. We, we thought Chris Cooper was the big bad. He was just following orders. Brian Cox uh-huh. was the main big bad. And yeah, so there you go. He's both in charge of a family on secession, created Wolverine, and oversaw the born. <laughs> it's got a niche. It's got a niche. He's an evil bastard, and we like him. <laughs> um, and it's just so wild, too, how he, he just picks on some of the other texts, and there's even some right. other bit parts from other future A-listers. Walton Goggins is one of the texts in one scene in movie one. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. This was my introduction to Gabriel Macht, and I would recognize him. He's the other tech who gets shanked by <laughs> Cox in the restroom in movie two. But I was like, I would always see him on occasional guest spots. I'm like, oh, he has such dreamy eyes. He should have definitely. <laughs> yeah, these people are like, wait a minute, I know that person. He should have had a bigger career, but that's okay. He's still working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. But it's wild because. Uh, like, like you say, these movies are just so magnetic and just nuanced with the suspense that, again, they really are fun. I, I would always get notice something on every viewing. And, you know, often when I get to the third or fifth viewing of a movie, I'm now paying more attention to the music cues. and. Oh, I love the soundtracks. I'm, I'm big into movie soundtracks. and I, I, I will just, confess. It was these so are, good. These are the first movie soundtracks I bought. John Powell, you are my Oh, hero. wow. Yeah. And, my mother one day when she was working at the star telegram she saw an article interview with him and it inspired me even more just how many composers really try to get you know reward in scoring the emotion and frills on screen and he had done like shrek movies and Mm -hmm. a few other big movies and a fast and furious movie but yeah uh, he he can. I think he confessed that he was the proudest of his born identity scores because they had everything he wanted as a composer to reflect on screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I for me, I think every movie that's released on disc or digital should have like a a, a soundtrack only option. Some movies have that. A handful I've seen. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I like watching it with just the music. Oh, I would even go to cheat code sites back in the day, and I would <laughs> I would see which ones had Easter eggs where you just put the movie into your cd player mm-hmm. and it'll actually play the soundtrack isolated <laughs> from the movie yeah yep. even better and i guess i don't know if they got in trouble for doing that or just didn't have they didn't have the time to put in as many easter eggs as they do yeah it's probably a licensing thing or who knows <laughs> yeah i think the but, copyright software didn't help either <laughs> no no it did not region but, one two <laughs> yeah but the uh, you know the the Moby song at the end I think is it fits. Oh it just, baby, <laughs> that's just, so uh, true. Works. Every once in a while, a movie will use that exact extreme ways thing, and my mm-hmm. father will actually say it sounds like the porn score. I'm like, because yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. it is, because <laughs> it is, because he didn't just take the song; he remixed it to incorporate mm-hmm. it into the movie score. Yeah, and it works. It's just I love it when it works. Oh man, it makes me want to get up and work out. <laughs> makes me want to think about getting up and working <laughs> oh well, that's what i mean i'm not gonna work out. <laughs> i could work out to that someday someday Check back in 30 years when i've gained a little weight <laughs> um yeah so why, so why do people pile on the last movie they did was it just the film style was it just too much after the fact what what's the deal well i'm not one who piled on it but um i'm trying to figure it out and i just don't get it i i mean literally everything i need to know where he is now and Mm -hmm. again nikki him and nikki settled down and she got killed this is like simple and yeah she had a cool line which is like i don't think we're safe (laughs) yeah yeah like Like, did they pile on because because it was just like one more movie or because it. They just thought they were doing it for the money, or I a little bit of that. I even saw people, people think go, it was a bad movie. That, and I saw critics even say, "Oh, why is it so shaky?" I'm like, "You clearly have not seen the last few movies." But yeah, I don't know. I I grew up watching The Closer and NYPD Blue, so I'm in The Shield, so I'm used to the whole steady cam and handheld. Yeah, I I kind of like it because it gives me a voyeuristic aspect where I'm like, "Oh, here's I'm seeing a private conversation that only the audience has access to." Right, and yep. 
I, I dug how Tommy Lee Jones wasn't doing the fifth iteration of his fugitive character. Nope. That was, he, he was some, yeah, it wasn't a fugitive, but wasn't men in black. It was, he totally even gets a hit on board. He's like, has, I think he says that the start, he has like a military background and he's like, mm-hmm. I saw your ass coming in here the minute you mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets a shot out of him on the shoulder and you're like, it's like, yeah, okay. So Bourne was going to kill you anyway, but he's going to remember this gunshot. <laughs> Yep, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I think it was, I, it's, it's a good standalone movie. Uh, uh, it fits in the storyline. I, I thought it was really good. I also really appreciate how they don't, they don't overuse spy tech. Like it's not about the gadgets. That's so true. Cause I would see people call it a tech thriller. I'm like, it's as tech thriller as say maybe enemy of the state, but that's it. Like, right. You're not, worried about what model of samsung it is this isn't you know in movie <laughs> right. advertising yeah yeah it's not you know <laughs> it, it the it, if it is the only thing i might consider over the top is they, when they you know we found born and it shows like you know this office talking to that office and computers talking to each other and there, there's you know it's kind of a, a techno transition uh storytelling device but it's not like it's over the top you know i need my this phone with this model and i'm going to do these things with it you know it's not robotic to the point you're just like this is such an emotionless movie yeah and right i would see just about every other even a low budget spy show definitely would take a cue from it is like let's have some electronic music score and let's have Mm -hmm. just computer techs who have an uneasy feeling about them (laughs) yeah have a geek who you can actually buy is working for the giant spy entity and uh Hell, Tom Berenger was even doing a bunch of movies. You know, it's a lowbrow name, Sniper, but he was doing that <laughs> right. exact same kind of thing where he was kind of, you know, taking a cue from this in Mission Impossible. And mm-hmm. even even the Mark Wahlberg movie Shooter, you know, which was based on also based on a well-known spy book series, <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of took a cue from this. It's just like, if it's not Rambo, you're definitely taking a cue from Bourne in that you have a guy who, you know, talks fast and goes mm-hmm. and does amazing things. and um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the motivation is all there to where you can sit back and enjoy the spectacle without feeling like it's too by the numbers. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not somebody like who has like the whole um, expositional thirty, you know, thirty seconds super fast talk rant of of rattling it all off. It's just it's yeah. all it's, it's told in the action. Even in the final villain, when they're saying something, it's barely even a full speech. It's basically more like, what do you think was going to happen in just a well-acted mm-hmm. argument? And because, yeah, like you say, so many other people, there will be too many cooks in the kitchen to where you're like, okay, that's a little lame or too much. But <laughs> Bourne did it pretty well. Gilroy just sizzles with dialogue writing. He wasn't able to return to the last movie due to working on reshoots for Rogue One. But mm-hmm. uh, fun fact. so. He and Matt Damon respected each other, even worked on a bunch of other movies together, and he wanted to kill Bourne off in Ultimatum. And oh, wow. Matt Damon completely disagreed. And <laughs> kind of like World War Z, where Brad Pitt and the director Mark Forster wouldn't talk to each other, they kind of did that. We were like, okay, oh. we politely disagree. We like mm-hmm. each other's work. We will always be there opening day to support them. It's just we're too mm-hmm. close to this. And so Matt Damon, you know, I think he's credited as like co-producer. He pitched in and hired Scott Z. Burns, who would he would later rework work with again on Steven Soderbergh's Contagion movie. Uh, mm-hmm. He had him pitch up the ending and yeah. make it even more twisted, where it's like he has to fake his death. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so they wanted to kill him in in supremacy. Uh, ultimatum when he jumps ultimatum, off the roof. Yeah. Okay. And oh yeah yeah yeah. 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 And and so yeah, they just had to just politely say, okay, <laughs> I'm taking this yeah. in a different direction. Um, yeah, is that is that why the Renner movie was next? Uh yes, and that that was interesting because I think he even hired his editor brother John Gilroy to edit it, and uh, Dan Gilroy was one of the writers on that. Who, again, had long been you know has also done some good work like Nightcrawler with yeah, uh, and he. It's just so funny. These guys come from a, yeah, the whole yeah. family in Hollywood lives, eats, and breathes film. One of them's a big editor, and the other two direct and write movies. And um, <laughs> that was pretty much, I think, Dan's foot in the door because he had done a bunch of other 
small time thrillers, but he was mainly just known for being associated with the unmade Superman Lives movie. Mm-hmm. And never came out. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's a great documentary. I, yeah. I I did I enjoyed um in the last movie. I'm still my brain's still working through the last movie. Oh, how how the um in the earlier movies, he's got the woman at the CIA who's actually like wants to help him. Alicia Vikander. That was a good twist. Find out who she is. So like she's on his side, as is Nikki, but she's not as main. Yeah. Uh, and in, she's and in the last along movie, with it, but she's mm-hmm. trying to understand him as opposed yeah. to I'm going she to, to Yeah, she him. she wants to catch him, she wants to find him, she wants to do her job, and then she finds out that the CIA has been real hinky about all this and there's something dirty going on. And she wants to do what her job is, which is to find the truth and expose it. Um, as, as, a, as opposed to the last movie where um, you've got Tommy Lee Jones, who's obviously the one of the bad guys. But then you have the, the woman who's an agent who's very um, ambitious. And you're not quite sure where she's at or where does she want to help Bourne. But she's, it, she's just after herself. She doesn't really care what happens to him. She just wants to further her own career. So Bourne was pretty much all alone because they killed off Nikki. Yes. Um, and it, it, that was an interesting contrast, I thought. Uh, a thousand percent. And Otto uh, Asando, who, let's be honest, everyone has seen. You've seen him on everything. Chicago Med, Blood Diamond. Hmm. Uh, he's the African agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how he pretty much is like, don't care, shoot on sight, you know, yeah. overriding every order. And uh, Riz Ahmad was interesting as like the geek who knows too much. And I yeah. love how they had that same element in there, just like, yep. uh, who was the guy, the journalist in Ultimatum? Oh, um, gosh, I just watched, I can't remember. I don't know Patty his name. Considine, but... that's who it was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting here how like in ultimatum legacy you have you know scott glenn he's always a reliable mm-hmm. veteran actor. oh i love scott glenn i love <laughs> yeah. him so much when i saw him i i geeked out in the theater yeah. <laughs> but it was funny how yeah in those earlier movies he is basically just like well you know what you gotta do unless you <laughs> want me to be the talking piece for our upcoming scandal darling and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> jones is pretty much in that same mind field but they do little small things to where it doesn't feel repetitive and like i love how once again vincent castle Again, beloved, I love the French European, you know, connection. You know, you know, I'm from yeah, Mezrine, Black Swan, Eastern Promises, Lahane, Crimson Rivers. And you know, here he just plays a guy just simply named the Acid. And I, <laughs> I love how he fucks up his whole world when he's <laughs> at the Las Vegas convention. Uh, but much like any other assassin, pretty much they're often trying to kill him while the other guys are trying to kill him, but yeah. He's interesting in that he's pretty much trying to instigate it, just make a bunch of stuff and then somehow leave a thumbprint that incriminates porn. So it's like, mm-hmm. man, you mm-hmm. are working overtime. You literally have no other life. Yep. Yeah, Kill they want to burn frame. Kill. They want to burn him bad. Yeah, they really do. And I love how he like shoves, I think, some of the other CIA agents out of the way. He's like, nope, my kill. Uh- <laughs> my kill. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a he's definitely got a personal thing invested in it, but um one of the only ones. A thousand percent, man. Oh man. And like you say, it's sometimes you don't always recognize some of these other actors, but then you see it on their demo reel or on their credits uh-huh. and they got screenshots and you're like, Oh, oh that guy oh, man, I've seen him more than I realize. Oh, that guy in Law mm-hmm. Order, that guy on Criminal Minds <laughs> and, and uh, from yeah, this other beloved movie. Yeah, IMDB. Great thing. It's, it's a beautiful a thing. thing. Uh, where would we be without it? I doubt anyone would have as big a fear without it. <laughs> oh man. Um and yeah, good good stuff. I I, I kind of croak up even when I see a late night show doing research and you're like, yeah, but they didn't even mention the best part. You know? Right. <laughs> the one yeah. cult movie everyone else also talks about. <laughs> yeah. Or they're you gotta talking name about that one. Now. They're talking about it now, but it's 30 years after the fact. Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And <laughs> and I feel in a way, though, uh, many of these actors, uh, supporting actors, this pretty much made their careers. Uh, Corey Johnson's the other bald tech in the sequels, and I see him pretty much doing a lot of that same kind of thing, where he's like a Joint Chiefs guy and giving yeah. advice, Mr. President. And uh, yep. uh, probably the single best, so hot tech, my f- single favorite performance in this whole saga. It's got to be either Joan Allen or David Straithard. <laughs> 
Uh, give me, give me a context. Okay, uh, Vozen, the the guy with okay. the glasses, yep. and uh, so, uh, Ultimate and the uh, the sequels. And just I've seen him. You know, later on he was on that show Alphas, which was kind of a cool mixture of an original oh, superhero yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and a spy element. And I'm like, that's just it. He totally got this. He he got to be even. Had he not done Born, I don't think he would have gotten that opportunity. That, then he was yeah. recently on the Expanse, and he was amazing. He yeah. was flat out having to do what all the good Star Trek actors do, where you make up your own fictional alien language and then make it, you know, be second nature as if it's a real thing. And like that, he, yeah. he is just the best at being either nutty characters or people too smart for their own good. And I love how <laughs> it, he's just so manipulative here in this role because. You know, he's constantly insecure about Joan Allen's, you know, Pam Landy. Oh, gosh. What's, yeah. What is she doing? He doesn't try. He, he's willing to kill Parsons if he has to because he's like, yeah, yeah, she's working with the enemy. And I don't care what. Oh, yeah. Because. Yeah. The, the moment he realizes it's born in that London train station, he's like, OK, close the doors. We're going to shoot him. <laughs> he's just like, this door. is what's going to happen. Yeah, he totally does. And half the time he'll even look at the text and say. Are you questioning whether this is legal or not? You're at the mm-hmm. CIA. Get out. <laughs> Dude's got some chops. He's got some chops. He's just like, well, you're either going to kill him or you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, engage the asset. Like, engage oh the asset. <laughs> put him in. Put him in play. Oh, so good. So good. Totally recommend these. If you get them, you don't. Uh, but there, there's plenty to chomp on for most. Most people who I've seen who just want any kind of action have often found these very rewarding. I will even mm-hmm. shout out to my pal, Mike Cruz. It's been forever, brother. We got to get back together sometime. But I remember when he was pursuing some acting and just had some free time. He was just going to the cinemas like once a week. And he went to mm-hmm. the last Jason Bourne they did. And he's like, I was hooked. Never seen a yeah. single one of these before. Now I got to go for the whole library again. So I do think there is a bit of universal aspect to it. Not always. I my pal Nate uh, saw the last one and he hadn't and Legacy and he hadn't seen the other ones and he didn't like either one. I'm like, well, in all fairness, <laughs> yeah. there's a bit of elements to the other ones. I don't under, ever understand watching movies out of order, but <laughs> there's some yeah. people who have seen Terminator Two and not seen Terminator One, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're definitely they're they're a great rainy afternoon binge worthy series for sure you know it would be interesting to watch the on rain because yeah rainy is usually what we you know mentioned for movies we don't really care about but like yeah. <laughs> i could be trapped anywhere and i would want to watch these movies yeah. i could, I could well, just for watch me, some I, inspirational movie and I i'm in the watch. pacific northwest so that's kind of the western side so oh, it's normal <laughs> to have a rainy day so that's any movie is a good on a rainy day i gotcha okay <laughs> man yeah <laughs> It'd be funny if everyone did more lists like that. It's like movies that are mandatory must watch during the day. Yeah. What movies would you watch if it's 101 outside and you want to be an AC inside? Like what's, what's a good hot day movie? <laughs> doesn't sound as fun. doesn't sound as cool. I guess not. It's something about it being forbidden. <laughs> That's right. I'm skipping work. I'm skipping school. I'm going to watch boring all day. Uh, yeah. Playing hooky. <laughs> oh, man. Are they going to make more? Have you heard anything? Have you read anything? I think this is it for the franchise, unfortunately, but mm. I at least like that Universal was able to kind of hustle it out with uh, both that and their Purge franchise and say, okay, take it to TV and then do one more movie. And then uh, I think it was just someone, must, someone that, uh, in charge of programming must have changed hands. I don't know. Yeah. Well, with so much content, more and more available it's harder to compete it's like you almost want to make it for the fans and that's the only reason real reason to, to make it otherwise it's not like it's too much it's cost too much to try to make money against everything else because there's so much more out there now give them a little more of what they want and then use that money to come up with something new yeah yep which is what i felt like matrix 4 was like but we won't go there <laughs> uh, matrix what the the meta commenting movie oh god so yeah let's let's not end on matrix let's end on born let's end on born oh extreme ways we did it we went through the whole saga so (laughs) 
Thanks a million for being on here. Uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? They can find me. Uh, my name is spelled Corby, C-O-R-B-Y, and it's Stevens with a P-H, um, CorbyStevens.com. Uh, the social channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are all at Corby Stevens. Um, doing a little bit of revamping to kind of bring some of my more recent projects into focus, but um, those are the places to go. Holy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're welcome back. <laughs> Thank you very much. Anytime. Yeah. If you want to ever talk Star Trek, if you haven't already, I'm, I'm uh, down with that. Too. Oh, a thousand percent. We're going to try and talk uh, the animated shows that are out now. If that's okay. Okay. Yep. 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 Well, we'll do a revisitation on some of the newer shows, but yeah, we'll, we'll even, hell, we'll do a ranking of the whole franchise. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, my teaser will be, I argue that the motion picture is the most Star Trek like movie out there. Oh, there all. you go. There you go. That's my, <laughs> for the haters out there. Deal with that. <laughs> it's fine I, I gotta, i'm gonna revisit it all on the blu-rays that are out by mayhem we call ourselves the spy channel spy, <laughs> the spy. Uh, don't don't tune in because you can't know who we are because we're spies <laughs> wanted follow us on the web on facebook twitter and instagram the podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.